Welcome to Ladies Who Launch, not your average business podcast. Dropping every other Wednesday, Alyssa and Dakota are two successful and opinionated marketing entrepreneurs engaging in insightful conversations with industry thought leaders, as well as casual conversations surrounding our lives as entrepreneurs. Welcome back to another episode of Ladies Who Launch with your co-hosts, Alyssa Berry and Dakota Kidby. Look at us in 2024. Look at us being together. Thriving? Are we thriving? I don't know. I don't know. Not today, to be honest. (laughs) No. We are recording together today. So we haven't recorded together since sometime in 2023. Yes. And I know we've said this on this podcast before, but we are a total hot mess when it comes to setting up Audacity and the mics and the recording. And like, we would never survive in some sort of tech incubator. I think we did okay this time. Yes. Um, But what it is, is when we swap from Zoom to in-person, we forget how to, to do our setup. And we have a space that we do our podcast in, but we don't have a space where we just like can leave everything set up. No. So that's why. Because we we do this podcasting when we're together. We do it in the headquarters of Social Centric, which we will get into in a moment. But so we can't very well leave our ladies who launch stuff all over for poor August and that has to work. <laughs> August and Dakota have to work in this every day. But speaking of Social Centric... That is what we wanted to do today. Um, we are almost at our 100th episode of this podcast. Which and, is crazy. Which is total insanity. So we wanted, it's been two years since we started. started, And we thought it was a good time to sort of reintroduce ourselves. We have acquired, accumulated many new followers, listeners, um, social media followers in that time. So we thought it was best to reintroduce ourselves to everyone who's new. Yes. Um, We know we have some very uh, loyal listeners. So shout out to everyone who listens to this podcast every week and then texts us about it. Yes. um, Their thoughts. But we know that um, we have listeners from all over the world because we see you on our analytics. And we don't, sometimes we think that because we live in Calgary, everyone knows us. But that isn't the case. So we are going to do a bit of a peek behind the curtain of the the babes who are behind this cast. Yes. Which is Dakota and Alyssa. That's right. And what we do when we're not doing the cast. Yes. And who we are. And, and our, what we're passionate about. And yeah, other things, I guess. <laughs> anyway. Who are the producers? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, we can't throw, yeah. We do have a good producer who does make us sound good on these things, but generally. Oh, yes. I guess we really aren't the producers. It's Alex. Yes. And shout out, we'll reintroduce you to Alex at some point too, and have him on the cast again, because Alex is the real like workhorse behind this whole operation. He really is. He really is. <laughs> anyway. So I think how, I think a cute way of doing this, Alyssa, I would, let's do like a Q and A. Oh. For each other. Okay. Yeah. Well, what's your, you want to do the first question? Yeah, I'll kick it off. Okay. Okay. How long have you been operating your biz, Alyssa? And what is it? My, I've been operating, um, since 2015. So it will be nine years coming up in March that I, uh, started my business. And realistically it's a communication slash PR firm. Um, but a PR firm that doesn't do a lot of PR, but most people understand what PR is. So I kind of put it in that space, but, um, it is called Alyssa Berry Communications. And the reason why I named it after myself is that every major PR advertising firm in the world is named after men and the men who started them, like Ogilvy Mather and Hill and Knowlton and um, like rattle them off. And I was like, "Uh, sorry, but if I'm going to run this ship and it's my operation, I'm naming it after myself because I didn't actually know that about you. Be, and that was really the, the the gist. I was sort of waffling about if I thought that was a little uh, egotistical, but my friends were all like, uh, no, everyone else does it. And why wouldn't you? Like, totally. You can be the next Hill and Knowlton or the next 
Ogilvy and Mather, William Joseph, and all of those <laughs> other organizations. So that's why, and the fact that my friend Carrie um, came up with the fact that it actually is ABC. So I use ABC a lot in my sort of shorthand because it's Alyssa Berry Communications. But what we do mostly is a lot of uh, strategy work. Uh, we work with clients on, we do um, like sort of high level um calm strategy that will align with their business plans. We work with a lot of um, tourism and cultural based organizations, a lot in the nonprofit space. And so we, we do not a lot of, I, I'm not a big proponent of big strategy plans because for the most part they sit on shelves and nobody knows how to implement them. So I work more on um, a strategy, but a, like for lack of a better term, like a five-page strategy that's implementable. Right. Because in my world, if it's not, you can't operationalize a strategy, it's a waste of money. It will sit and the person who hired you to do this strategy leaves and then no one knows how, no one knows what to do with it. <clears throat> so that's kind of what I do in a nutshell. I do a lot of um, crisis comms work um, because I do have a background in, in crisis. I worked for a municipality who had two major floods in the time I worked there. And um, I was at Tourism Calgary when we had the big 100-year flood of Calgary and had to do tourism crisis comms at that time. So, um, and because I worked in government and still do work in government to some extent, um, I do a lot of protocol governance training with clients in terms of if you're having um, a press conference and there are government funders that have <clears throat> provided money, how that works, where the flags go, who speaks first. It's amazing how many people don't know those sorts of things. And they're intimidating. And they're intimidating, right? Like always a, a federal minister speaks before a provincial minister, speaks before a mayor. Like that's the how that works and all those sorts of things. So <clears throat> most of my um, clients are, are definitely um, on the nonprofit cultural space. So it's a lot of also kind of mentorship and kind of working with their more junior staff to help implement those protocols. So that's what I do. And yeah, like I said, it'll be nine years, which is crazy in March. And um, yeah, that's ABC in a nutshell. I love that. That's amazing. And it I, like, it's a cool business because I think the thing that Alyssa and I are known for is we have an unconventional approach to our business and the people that we play in the playground with have unconventional approaches to their businesses as well. And I think it's what sets us all apart. So, yeah. Yeah. And I guess that would be my question to you. And I brought it up earlier, but what is social centric? So social centric was born out of a need in the city that I live in for really good social media management and social content creation. We've since well, um, we've since grown into a full-scale digital agency and we are social-centric in nature. However, we work with a collective of people who offer everything from what Alyssa does to strategy, to web development, to Google campaigns, SEO, SEM, all the way through to public relations, media relations, influencer relations. We basically can offer everything under the marketing umbrella, but our value system and the way that we operate is we have a small core team so that we can work with kind of all walks of clients with any kind of budget um, within reason. And then we also um, are able to offer every, like we're a one-stop shop, but in a way that supports the greater good. So our whole Mantra is supporting other business owners and supporting multiple kinds of businesses. Um, where we thrive the best and have the most expertise, however, is really in the lifestyle sector, um, as well as a bit of the real estate sector. And a lot of our clients are in the nonprofit sector. So we, we do a lot of work for organizations that are doing better things to better their cities and the world. Um, the other thing that we want to get into more is working with female entrepreneurs. Um, so something that I'm going to be offering in 2024 that's currently being conceptualized is a facilitation practice that helps female entrepreneurs in specific spaces have um, build a business free from burnout. And so that's something that I'll be introducing a little bit later. But at the core of what we do really is social and digital. Um, but because our clients often need much more, we give them the opportunity to work with really great 
business owners in our city and in our country. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to take a moment because Bailey, our our mascot, is currently um, wrapped up in my mic cords. <laughs> like, we're a moment to remove Bailey from my. <laughs> we're sitting at a glass table, and all, I'm like trying to finish my my pitch, and I'm like, all I can see is Bailey, just like. One foot in, one foot out. One foot in, yeah, one foot like, out. Uh, no, you can't. I mean, I love that you're here and that you want to like be in my lap, but you can't wrap yourself in the mic cords. I'm sorry, Bailey. Oh my God. She's so gentle about it too. I know. Anyway. Um, well, yeah. So now we've talked about business, but I think in order to sort of get a sense of who we are outside. Yeah. Let's but, talk about that. Yeah. Let's talk about a little bit about how, <clears throat> how we are when we're not on this pod. I mean, how we are on this podcast is pretty much how we are in real life. Like as we, as you can see, we are hot messes most of the time, but what are we doing? But we're also like, see, it's funny. We're hot messes, but we're also two of the most like pragmatic, organized, eloquent women that I know. Um, but I also like, I, I think we live our lives in a way that's free from bullshit urgency, let's say. Right. And we, we give ourselves grace if, if it's a day of needing to have a, what are they calling it now? A rotting day. Oh yeah. Where you rot in bed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that's not something we're going to be like, oh my God, I failed. Cause I had to have a rotting day in bed. No, um, we do love our bed. Yes. Okay. But Bailey, <laughs> sorry, Bailey, you are just a love bug. I get it, but I'm busy. Major side eye. We'll tell you guys about Bailey. Actually, let's introduce Bailey quickly. Yeah. So Bailey is a nine-year-old Labradoodle. Um, she is my family member. She's my girl. I don't like to say that I own animals because I don't agree with that nomenclature. But in any event, uh, Bailey's Bailey's my family. She's my my pal. I've had her for since she was a baby, and uh, she and I are lovingly growing old together in our. 1920s character home. We're both going gray and we're both middle-aged. So here we, we are. All? Here we are. We're all going gray. And it's great. Yes. We're just two single ladies in the city. And it's funny because Bailey isn't a talker. Like she's not going to, like if I say speak, she won't bark at me, but she is, she knows what's happening today. Oh yeah. She is in all of it. Like she totally gets when we're recording that she needs to be a part of it. It's like she knows. She knows. She's literally sitting with us as we like oh, yeah. in a chair. Yeah. And trying to get on my lap. And she like, just really wants her auntie Alyssa. I know. It's a, yes. I love you too. But as I said, but I'm busy. It's like having, it's like having a toddler. Let's be is. honest people. It is. Anyway. Yes. Welcome. That's Bailey. As we mentioned all the time. We'll post some photos of her on Ladies Who Launch so you, everybody can see her because she is cute. She's very cute. She looks like a puppy, even though she's nine. I know. And she's very, she's very spry for nine too. She is. Anyway. But anyway, so that's fails. That's <laughs> fails. But for us outside, I agree with with Dakota that the reason why, like, we both started our businesses, um, is because we wanted to be free from the matrix. Well, yeah, and to make our own schedule, be flexible, and not be a sort of slave to the clock. So we don't we don't run our businesses. Like we run our businesses, like we run our lives. And the fact of like, my life will, more, will always take precedent over my business. And yes, maybe that means that I'm not going to be the next major um, Fortune 500 company, but I've never wanted that anyway. That's never been the purpose of what mm -hmm. I do um, yeah. because I don't work Fridays. I've made that a clear delineation since I started my business that not only do I not take meetings, but I don't work. Um, that is my day. And then my, like the only days of the week that I will take meetings with clients are like Tuesdays or Wednesdays. And the rest are either working for my clients or working on my, on my business. Um, but yeah, I'm not a, I am not a slave to the capitalist cycle yes. in my life. Yeah. Um, I won't have my business run the same way. And I, I'm still getting there, but I'm learning that this is the lifestyle that I would prefer to have. Um, 
I think I'm getting better though, in the sense that I do have pretty firm boundaries on when I do meetings. Um, I have very firm boundaries on who I want to work with. I definitely have to be in alignment with the clients that I work with. And I have a specific kind of onboarding process to try and figure that out. Um, and frankly, like as you know, (laughs) I'm going to put my outdoor voice on, but if a client is up my ass constantly to get shit done and they keep going out of scope and they like can't wait the allotted time that I've told them things take to, to happen and it's just constant fight or flight with them, we just don't go there. Because that can actually happen very easily with social media. And I will say that all of our clients currently know who we how we operate and they're very respectful of that. Right. Yeah. Um, So I guess getting back to what we're doing, what we do outside, what, for a question for you, Mm -hmm. for Dakota, um, what is your favorite day? Of the week? No, like what what is happening (laughs) on your favorite day? Oh, like- What what, are you doing? What's what's like the best day ever for me? The best day ever for me would be getting up at a reasonable hour because for whatever reason, as much as sleeping in feels good to me, it doesn't feel as good as getting up and getting at it. And sleeping too much like really messes me up. The last couple of nights, I've actually had really shitty sleeps. And I'll go through those periods in time, and then I'll oversleep and I feel terrible. So anyways, it would start with me getting up at a reasonable hour, which for me is like on a weekend, 7 a.m. during the week between 5 and 6. Getting up, um, having like a really solid two hours to go to the gym, um, do some journaling and just have my time before I start giving it away to other people. Um, And I would say it's a toss up between like a work day and a personal day. It depends what's happening within the work day. But if I'm working on a really cool project and I have some really cool meetings where I get to brainstorm with people and dig into their business, those are my favorite days during the work week. Otherwise, if it's like an off day, favorite thing to do, take Bailey for a big walk, um, go to like one of the neighborhoods that I love in my city, sit down and have a glass of wine and some lunch, continue walking around, um, maybe meet up with a friend for a coffee. And then I love to end the day uh, with a bit more journaling. Um, Something I've been doing recently that I found is really helpful for me is just reflecting on my day. One of the things I've been struggling with so much is like just feeling like life is going by so quickly. So I was actually reading up on how to stop this feeling. And one of the things I found was journal every day to kind of like review what you did that day. So I like to do that. And then um, I like to cook like very thoughtfully, take half an hour to 45 minutes to cook a meal Um, sit down and enjoy that meal, listening to a podcast, watching a season of a show that I love or reading, um, maybe talking on the phone to someone that I care about. And then I like to, uh, just kind of do a really solid skincare routine and go to bed. And I would say that's kind of my perfect day. So just time for myself, time with my dog, time with the people I love, time doing something that I'm passionate about, and then time to kind of reflect on it all. What about you, Alyssa? What's my favorite day? <clears throat> I I am not as structured in terms of getting up as Dakota is. Um, I sort of allow myself to get up as needed. So even though I still have an alarm, which I think is ridiculous still in this day and age, that goes off at 6.30, I'm sort of a 7.38 riser, 7.30 to 8 typical riser. And so I've sort of figured that is my sweet spot. It's like, I don't have to force myself to get up earlier. Like, I mean, Dakota and I are speaking from a place of very big privilege here because neither one of us have kids. So like, let's put that out there that we are not slaves to having to get up with kids and get them to school and all that. So kudos to you people who do that, but we do not. So there you go. Um, and I love to ease into my day. So I will start, like, I always make, um, a really like the days that I'm like, if this is my perfect day that I have time to make a really good breakfast. So like mm-hmm. avocado toast or eggs on sourdough and like make a quality like meal meal for myself in the morning. I think that's super important. And then usually I will make myself a coffee. And then at that point I sort of dive into a work day, but yeah, I, my perfect work day is the same as yours in terms of, I, I don't have a day full of 
meetings, it's a, it's a deep dive client day. So if I'm working on a report or I'm working on a, um, a plan for them, or I'm doing some stakeholder engagement where maybe I get to talk to some of their employees or some of their board members, things like that, that I love to sort of dive into is sort of my ideal as well. And, um, well, I don't have a dog, so I don't, I don't go walk in that respect, but I do love, um, to go to the gym and I'm, I'm a, like a weights person at the gym. I'm not so much a cardio person. So I, I go to the gym and like in and out in 40 minutes to do a weight workout. Yeah. But I like to schedule those sort of mid afternoon. So like two o'clock so that no one's there, but I get it in. And then that's sort of my time too, where I'll listen to a podcast or I'll listen to an audio book or even a, um, a playlist or, or something like that. But that's kind of my time to kind of, mm-hmm. it. I do a lot of thinking at the gym and I'm sure a lot of people are the same. Just, you probably do a lot of thinking on your walks. Yes. It's kind of like where I have my moments to think about where I want my business to go or how I want to do this or what's going to happen there or like plan a vacation or those kind of things sort of happen yeah. at that time. And then, um, I don't love cooking as much as Dakota does. Um, I am a good cook, but I don't love cooking for myself. I find it depressing. I love cooking for other people. So if I was able to have a dinner party every night, I would love that. But cooking for myself, I just find depressing. So usually I will have cooked something like batch cooked something on a Sunday. So I'll pull out chili or vegetarian lasagna or something that I've made out of the freezer and make that for dinner. But yeah, it's kind of, and then the evenings being mine, like I love reading. My goal this year is to read 85 books. Um, I'm, oh, I'm 12 crap. in right now and it's what the third week of January. Um, some of them have been faster than others, but yeah, that's my, that's my good reads reading goal or whatever you have to reading challenge. So if anybody else has their reading challenge going, but that's sort of my goal for this year, but how I'm getting there is that I have canceled all of my streaming services mm-hmm. like Netflix and Amazon prime and all of that. And I've also taken like the social media apps off my phone so that I'm forcing myself to read more, listen to more podcasts, all that sort of to make me a better person and not just consuming, consuming, right? Yeah. Consuming intentional stuff rather than, and stuff that expands your mind instead of. Yes. And if I get into bed with fresh sheets, fresh sheets are my, I would wash my sheets every day if I had the time or inclination to do that. Yes. I love fresh sheets. It's my absolute favorite thing. And actually this leads perfectly into my next question. I was going to say, what are three really unique things about you? Uh, okay. I, this is, this is maybe a little woo woo for people, but I am a very prototypical Aquarian. Um, and the fact that I am like Aquarius is the humanitarian Zodiac sign. It's the most humanitarian Zodiac sign. And sort of, I'm uniquely always wanting to save the world in, in that way. So, uh, I, uni- I'm unique in the fact that I want to save the world, but I'm also super, um, blunt about it. Like Aquariuses are also very straightforward and yeah, get shit done. So yeah, I'm sort of a prototypical Aquarian in that like I'm I'm very vocal about my beliefs and my values. I don't expect people to be like me or believe the things that I believe, but I'm very vocal. I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not just bitching about things on Twitter or social media. I'm like involving myself to, to do things, to make things better. Um, the other unique thing, um, I mean, I guess there's two sort of travel. Well, one's a work-related thing. I mean, I launched a 32-foot cowboy hat in the Toronto Harbor. That's cool. Um, a floating white Calgary cowboy hat in the Toronto Harbor as part of a um as part of a activation we did in Toronto uh, when I was at Tourism Calgary. Uh I also almost got arrested on the train platform in India because we <laughs> um we didn't realize, well, we didn't realize you actually had to have a ticket to get on the platform um, because the whole sort of front area is open. And so our 
guide. We were following this idiot woman that we were traveling with who decided that she needed to get on the train to take photos for her son's school project or some ridiculous thing. And um, so we had, so we had to like follow her to try to grab her off the train before it left. Oh and then, my God. yeah. So the, um, the train security, her train police came up and started talking to our guide in um, Tamil. And of course we had no idea what they're talking about, but Charles, our guide was going back and forth with them. And then I'm like, Oh, I'm just going to play the stupid tourists and be like, Oh, what's summoning. And they're like, um, you need to go. And we're like, Oh, we didn't realize blah, blah, blah. And they're like, well, we're just going to go check your tickets or whatever. Oh, wow. And as soon as they left, we like ran because we could see them coming back to us because they oh realized that God. we weren't authorized to be there. So we had to run out of this massive train station in India before we were arrested for trespassing. I that guess. would have been terrifying. Right. Oh my God. Oh yeah, my God. I have all kinds of weird travel stories, but um, yeah. And I guess a third thing is that um, I have a tad bit of OCD um, in the fact of like my closet is, is like clothing organized. So like suit jackets and pants and like everything in my closet is fully organized. Yes. And my house is, does, is not clutter. Like I don't, there's no clutter that exists in my home. We share that in common. Like I cannot. I can't with clutter. I can't with clutter. I have drawers that are like empty because I don't like to fill things. No. And I don't like to fill rooms and I like think every room to have a purpose. So yeah, yeah. I'd say that's uh, a bit of a unique thing about me as a person, aside from loving fresh sheets. But yeah, what are your three unique Dakota things? Well, first I'm going to just quickly talk about my love for fresh sheets, but also the fact that I hate a top sheet hate it. Oh, you're one of those. I throw them away. Well, I use them for gardening. If I get a fresh new she- pack of sheets, I use my top sheet for gardening or like rags. Interesting. Um, or I save it for guests. Like my guest right. bedroom has a top sheet, but I do not have a top sheet. But I do have, I think something like eight pillows on my bed. Mm. I have like my back pillows that are cute interior design pillows. And then I've got the two that I like to sleep with. Then I've got some throw pillows. And then I, I like to have like multiple layers of blankets on my bed. I'm a big stickler for cozy spaces. My whole house is outfitted with candles, matches from all over the world. I collect matches from all over the world. Okay. So I guess that's one unique thing. Yeah, that's, that's pretty unique. And uh, yeah. Number two would be um, I am a closet performer. Mm. I love to sing. I'm told I'm quite good at it. It took me until I was probably 30 to believe people when they said that. (laughs) And now I sing more than I ever used to. And I'm actually thinking about getting into singing lessons and maybe even recording something in the, in the near future. But, um, I have a deep, deep love for music in general, I grew up around a lot of music. I grew up with a musician for a stepfather. And uh, my mom was the one who was like, wow, you actually have a pretty good voice. We should nurture that. And then she kind of would like get me in scenarios where we would sing together. And so that's kind of a rando thing about me is I, I sing. And in another life, I would have loved to be an actress mm. and singer. If I could go back, that's what I would probably like among the 10,000 other things that I'd love to do. If I could live another life, I would... If I if we get multiple lives, I really like to be um, an actress slash singer in one of them. Oh yeah, I, I could totally see that. <laughs> um, and then a third thing about me, I don't know if it's just the way my brain works or what, but I am super weird about what I'm scared of and what I'm not scared of. Case in point, I will jump out of a plane. I will go bungee jumping. I love scary amusement rides but I absolutely hate skiing and I absolutely cannot for the life of me get the guts to get on, like to get on a horse. Mm. There are certain random things that scare the living daylights out of me and I can't wrap my head around them. And flying down a ski hill on two sticks is one of them. (laughs) I will actually say, but I'm I'm an adrenaline junkie. Like I love adrenaline, but you're also weirdly freakishly scared of spiders, which I also find. There's that too. Um, I will say as someone who is ski, I'm not afraid of skiing. I just think it sucks. It's well, it's, and, yeah. it's a lot of lineups. It's a lot of waiting. Your feet hurt. Your feet hurt. The, it's expensive. The boots are like ridiculously uncomfortable. It's super it's expensive. And it's like, I don't get it. 
but I love mountain biking. Like I'll take a mountain bike down a giant hill, no problem. Um, you know, like, but yeah, it's funny. I get myself into scenarios where I get two in my head and then I can't, I like freeze. Yeah. You're not missing anything with the skiing. So don't worry about it. It's really, it's yeah. really not awesome. Um, I think it's funny when you say like singing and acting and stuff. And it's like, I would be, I, I would love, uh, I would always see me. I, I always saw myself as an actress too, especially when I was a kid, but I always loved the, the fun friend. I want to be like the cool character actor friend person. I never want to be like Nicole Kidman. I want to be like the, like the co-star. Yes. Yeah. Well, me too. Or like, I've always loved playing, um, rebels and mostly in, um, in the past with film, like the rebels, usually the dude. And so Mm, as an example, when I was in my early twenties, I actually did do a lot of acting and I did a quite a big performance, uh, through a theater company here in Calgary. Um, we did a production of the 12th night and I got the lead. I was Viola and I had to, I had to act like a dude half the time because I, she's disguised as a man. And so like, I would love to play like John Bender from the breakfast club. Oh, excellent. Right. Right. But I also feel like I could kill it as Ali Sheedy or Claire. Yes. I don't remember Ali Sheedy's character's name Um, because she's... Yeah. Isn't she just the weird girl? Yeah. She's the weird girl. Yeah. I think that's just what her name was. Side note. Did you know that that whole film was actually written from her perspective and she's inside her head the whole time and made everybody up? They don't exist. I could see that too. Yeah. She was clearly mentally ill. Well, they did exist, but she like made it. it, Yeah. Yeah. It is funny though. Like when we talk about, um, because we've known each other a long time and... I mean, even friends discover things about themselves, about each other, no matter how long they've been friends. But um, I love the whole acting thing because I played music. So I played flute in band through school. I could see the, I could see the cute band geek in you. Oh, super bad. (laughs) And uh, yeah. And the flute, like, could you get more of like a band geek? Like, I wasn't even like a cool saxophone player. It's like flute. Okay. And then I played the piano and my, um, it's my, we still have it. It's at my brother's house now, but my mom had it for years. That's what I learned to play on as my great grandma's um, piano. And when my parents moved to Calgary and they downsized and um, they gave the piano to um, my brother and sister-in-law under the auspice that the boys might play piano. And they never did. They never took lessons or anything. So I have requested to get this piano back. I was just going to say, you should have the piano. Right. And I mean, technically... I think it would, if my mom, if my mom wants it, I think it should go back to her. I think there's a space in their place that it would fit. But yeah. regardless, I've asked that this piano be returned to either my mother or me right. because I would like to get back playing. And it's funny how, when you look back on your pre-teenage self and how much I hated piano and practicing and all that stuff. And it's like, now I would love to sit and like. Oh my God, me too. And it's 100%. this beautiful old like piano from like the early 1900s. It's probably like a Wurlitzer, like something amazing. It's great. Okay. And it's like that old, and it's got like the ivory inlay. Oh, like, beautiful. Oh, it's the cutest little thing. Like it's not. I love piano too. I can play like two songs. I would really like to learn. Right. And it's funny yeah. how you sort of get to that place. And I just, at Christmas when I saw that poor piano sitting there in the living room, I'm like, someone. Like, so I've told my mom, I'm like, we need to get this sorted this year to get this to basically save this piano. Yes. And uh, whether it goes to my mom and uh, mom and dad's place or mine, I'm like, um, yeah, yeah we, it needs to be played. Like it's been sitting. And so we know it's going to require some work because it's been mm-hmm. like unplayed and sort of sitting there for all this time. But, um, and maybe not savable, but I think we can make it. Cause I'm just like, Oh no. You I- sort of, you sort of have these moments and it's like, I would love in a moment when you're trying to like think of like, if you're in a, creative funk or you're, you're, you're sitting at your desk and you just can't think of like content or you're having trouble writing or whatever it is to be able to go and like, yeah. And do it. Take your mind off it and go sit and play piano for 15 minutes. So that's, that's one of the things that uh, I hope to have happen in this year is to get, to get my, my great grandma Jackson's piano back. I love that. I love that. So speaking of that, what are like, what are three other things that you love to do? Um, that's like regularly on rotation for you. Regular. Well, as I mentioned, I'm a huge reader and I think reading is the cheapest, easiest, and most 
the greatest thing to be able to do to sort of open your world up in multiple different ways. Like mm-hmm. I use the Libby app. And if for anybody who knows the Libby app is awesome, it's basically attached to your library card. So it's so much more financially responsible than buying, um, downloading books off Amazon or whatever all the time. And it helps me read more because even on Libby, you can get access to newspapers and magazines and all that kind of stuff. So I really, that's a big thing to me. Mm-hmm. The other thing I love doing and, and it can come in different, various different ways, but I love teaching and mentoring. So, mm-hmm. and that can come through in like volunteer work that I do, like whether it's working with making changes and volunteering as a stylist or going back to my alma mater at MRU and doing um, pre- presentations to the PR students or guest lecturing at Bow Valley College or as I'm working on now, creating my own um, course or teachable moment moment, mm-hmm. um, and sort of go, helping people get educated on media and um, media literacy and learning what media outlets to follow and what are crap and how to actually sort through the crap. So I love that. I love feeling that I am projecting some of my expertise onto the up and coming generation of communicators and PR people. Um, And it's funny. I also love being an aunt, an auntie. Um, Love these answers. They're not your run of the mill answers. (laughs) They're great. Um, But I will say my life as an auntie is more challenging now that my nephews are older. So they're 17 and 21 and your influence and being the auntie is just not the same as when they're younger. So I'm sort of having a bit of a crisis about it. Um, when they start to like live their own lives and yes, they're at school and moving away and all those sorts of things. And so, but for like 18 years of my life, I have so much loved being an auntie. Um, mm-hmm. and I, yeah, I, I'm probably like a parent that has kids that are moving. It's probably not on that scale, but I feel that way. It's like, you no longer. Aunties need- are really important. Yeah. I know you feel that way. Yeah. I get yeah. That. It is. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. but yeah. So those are kind of three things that I love. Oh, and I mean, and this is like just, um, my capitalist, whatever. I love shopping for makeup and skincare. It's like fun. Sephora is my Sephora for makeup, but I also I can't express to you how much I love HomeSense, and HomeSense is like my safe space where I can like wander. I don't care about buying it. Like honestly, IKEA and HomeSense are my if I <sighs> if I like need to get in the get in a good mood. I will go and wander around a HomeSense like on a Wednesday morning if I just need oh, to get yeah. out of the house. I'm like, it is just amazing, amazing. I love that. Well, yeah. and. Like, okay, so something about me that I love Mm -hmm. to do is interior design. Yeah. And I love a project. Um, So when I moved into this very old character home and I got to not tackle one but two different suites, that was amazing. So I have like a main suite that I live in and then the upper suite I took over and made into the social center headquarters. And my other girlfriend, who's really passionate about interior design, we got together and conceptualized both spaces and ordered all the furniture, did all the painting, and we basically designed both spaces and they're really cool. I love I love them. Yeah, they are great. Yeah, yeah I love that stuff too, man. Going yeah. through renovating my house while it was the biggest pain in the ass and the most expensive pain in the ass, I yeah. loved it. It's such an adventure. Oh, picking everything and painting. And it and never ends. Like it'll never, never end. No. no. And that's why I would really love to buy a place that I can can work on. It might sound like hell to some people, but I'd like to work on a place for like 10 mm-hmm. years. And so I would love to spend, to sink some, some money, but like to do it over 10 years. Yeah. So like, I'll start with the kitchen and then I'll do the living room and then I'll do the bathrooms, so on and so forth. But I'd buy something that had good enough bones that I'm happy in it yeah. as I'm going along. But I would never do like a full reno all at once. No. Well, that would scare it would, me. Yeah. And there's no point. But that's why it's like, really, if anyone's looking for homes right now, look for homes that were built in the six, like between the fifties and the seventies. Oh, don't tell them that. <laughs> they're disappearing. They're just, I know. But like those are the, bo- those are the those hardiest are the best bones. Yeah. Homes. Well, even this one, even the house I live in, like. But see, but homes that are this age, like yeah. the early 1900s and whatever, 
you you may run into a lot of electrical plumbing issues that are going to cost you. But you know that like between the 50s and 70s, that's still all decent. They have the coolest structure. As much as I love the the aesthetic and the architecture of these old mid like early century homes, like they're my favorite. But from a ownership perspective, they could be a bit of a money pit. But um, yeah, I'm with you. I love a good good interior design. Good interior design, man. Um, I also love to hike. Yeah, I know that is not. And I love nature. This is where we diverge. (laughs) Um, I'm obsessed with really scary big hikes, some of which I don't know that I will do in my lifetime, but I have quite a list of intense things. Um, And I've done done some cool shit. I've come a long way the last 10 years in in my hiking abilities. And um, I'm actually doing one this year. I'm going to be doing the Juan de Fuca Trail. Oh. So last year I did the West Coast Trail and I was actually going to go back and do it again because I only did half last year and I want to do the whole thing. But the Juan de Fuca is fun because it's only three to four days. It's only 40K. And you can kind of break that up really nicely. And it's close to the the road. More like the access to get in and out is easier. So it's not as precarious. So we're going to do that. And then we're going to go back probably in 2025 and challenge the whole of the West Coast Trail. Yeah. I'm not going to say anything about that because I think you doing half the West Coast Trail is like really that, that's, (laughs) that's, that's more than enough. And I think most people actually do only have, I would like to do, this has always been my dream and I'm not a hiker. Like I just can't, it gives me claustrophobia. I just feel weird about being closed in and not being able to get out of anything. But I've always had this vision of doing the Chilcote Trail in from Yukon through Northwest Territories Ooh. because it wouldn't. It's it's not climbing a mountain. It's or just like, it, yeah. It's just sort of the the pro. I mean, obviously, it would be challenging because like that's just challenging terrain. Right. But and um, the wildlife and the wildlife, yeah, bears <laughs> like big bears, bears. <laughs> but that's always sort of been like one of those weird so things brave. I have in my head. But yeah, I I just can't do. I'm sorry. And a lot of it, I mean. My best friend's brother-in-law died falling off a mountain. And yeah. I have like weirdness about that. But um, yeah, I'm just, I know my friend Patsy is a super big hiker too. And yeah. I just never, I just don't like being that isolated and that someone, like there's no access to you. Yeah. And then I just feel weird. You like know. I've just never, I the scrambling and like, oh, we're just going to like <laughs> potentially fall off a mountain so that we can get, it's like, and then you get to the top and then what? It's like, oh, it's pretty. Great. Oh, it's such a satisfying feeling. I know we don't share that in common, but uh, like then you just I have to go know. down. And there's also just something so beautiful, I think, about like, yes, I've got this beautiful house. I have things, I have stuff, but there's nothing more satisfying to me than living out of a backpack. I love it like so much. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> I can't get into camping. Because I just don't like, I don't have to do anything. I just get up and I have my coffee and like I make my coffee with like the water that I boil and it's just so cool. And then I just hike and then that's it. And then I'm in nature and it's great. Don't get me wrong. When I get home, it's nice to like be back in my bed and have a hot shower and that kind of thing. One thing I'll say is even half the West Coast Trail, I had a lot of issues reintegrating when I got home. So for those people who do things like the Pacific Crest Trail, uh, like, and they're gone for months on end in nature, I can't, like, I follow this one girl on Instagram and she just finished it. She hiked it for four months and she would cry in her apartment for like a full month trying to get back into real life because she couldn't go out into the busy city and like face the noise and the people. It was really hard on her. Yeah. So I felt that way. It took me a long time to reintegrate after um, being in India. Um, different yes, reasoning, that. but you cannot come like, yeah, it, it, it took me a while to, um, reintegrate. To, yeah. With our yeah. sort of Westernized bullshit and yes. buying shit. Like I couldn't, yeah. Even going to the grocery store was just like a huge, I'm like, what am I doing? Like, why do I have access to all this stuff? And it, yeah, it was a, that was a head trip to coming back to Canada after a month in India. So Alyssa, what's like a big trip that you want to do in the next, say, two or three years um, or experience? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big traveler. I mean, obviously uh, Dakota and I have that in common too, but we are big travelers. So I would like, I mean, I've sort of, 
I've sort of seen places like I'm there's nowhere I want to go back to at this point in terms of places I've already been, but a big trip that I would like to do. And like, this would be like six weeks ish. I want to do, I want to do Australia. Ooh, that's just so you can send me pictures of spiders probably. Right. And <laughs> and for obvious reasons. Obvious reasons. Yeah. But um, Australia. Yeah. I'd, and really I'd love cool. to do, obviously you want to extend that because it's such a huge pain in the ass to get there. So you don't want to yeah. go there for a week, but I'd love to be able to um, go like to the other side of the country and go to Perth, which a lot of people don't go to because it's out of the way. Yeah. And part of the reason is um, aside from it being Australia is that um, one of my best friends from university, uh, Sue passed away from cancer. It'll be like four years ago, this coming March. And I met her, so she was older than me, five, six years older than me, but she, I met her at MRU when we were in second year, I think. I met her my second year of school. And I thought she was so worldly because she had spent a year there. Like um, oh. she had worked there and she'd gone and I was just like, I was so in awe of this. And then on the way back, she stayed in Fiji for like, she sort of made the hop back to yeah. Canada. But I just thought she was the coolest person um, and my little 18, 19-year-old self. And she was in her mid-20s. Did she know this? Did she know this? Did you tell her? Yes. And she always knew. Like I always, we did used to talk about the fact that I, that was always a big thing. And she took her kids there. Um, so because she had made really good friends there. And so when she was diagnosed with cancer, like she'd battled cancer for 10 years before she passed away. But when she was first diagnosed... And she was well enough. She was in remission to be able to go. So she and her husband packed the kids up and they made the trek to go see her friend Margie and all of that because she wanted her kids to experience going to Australia. So yeah, we all knew, but yeah, um, that's always been a big thing is to sort of go and have sort of like be able to re-experience and sort of feel Sue as I go to Australia. Oh, I love that. And the other is... I want to do Southeast Asia, Vietnam, Thailand, Laos, all of that is like very cheap, but because I've done India and, um, I think the next step of there would be Sri Lanka, but it's not safe to go to Sri Lanka. So like doing the Southeast Asia would be amazing because I love that whole, like I've been to Japan and all of that. So I love that whole, um, Asian area peninsula. peninsula yeah but those would be sort of my yeah main ones but in terms of like that. those are sort of the big like hairy audacious goal trips mm-hmm. but I would love to be I mean I'd love to make a quick trip back to London it's one of my favorite places mm-hmm. um and that's easy to do it's easy to do on the and way. I really want to do the Nordics so I want to do Denmark Sweden oh, yeah. Finland That'd be cool yeah um and those yeah. are like quick easy but like the sort of big yeah. Trip ones. Those are my two. My dream for myself has always been, um, I'm not, Lissa nor myself are like too preoccupied with being millionaires. Like no. we don't want, we don't need to make thousands and millions of dollars. But one thing I would say is like, I think we want to live a comfortable enough life that affords us the ability to help our community the ability to grow and thrive. And part of that is traveling and and just be able to, you know, have money to spend on the things that are important to us. Like for instance, I invest every month in specific health things that are important to me, like yoga. And I go to like a cold plunging place once a week. And I like really love that or like talk therapy or somatic work, whatever it is. And then I think the other big thing is travel. And so for me, my goal has always been, and I've actually been able to do this um, the last five years is I like to do like one year of sort what I like to call like exploring my own country or like my own area of the world. So North America. So I'll do like a little whip out to the States or I'll do something in Canada or I'll do a big hiking trip. And then I want to do a bigger trip once a year where I like leave and go overseas. Um, so my, so I actually am very thankful. I get to go uh, out to Portugal in April, but I've been to Portugal. So I'm going by myself this time. The last time I was with my ex-husband, and uh, I'm really excited to do a solo trip back to Portugal and see a couple places that I really wanted to see that I didn't get to see. And I'm also meeting up with a friend and going to a music festival on the beach, which has been on my bucket list for a very long time. Um, but the biggest trip that I want to do next is 
I want to go to either Egypt or India. But if I do India, I want to hit up a few other places while I'm down in that area of the world. And I also really want to spend like a solid one to three months in an ashram practicing and learning yoga and meditation, um, which I realize sounds very eat, pray, love, and woke, but I really (laughs) want to do it. Um, I have a couple of friends who did it and loved it. And then like, I kind of want to make that my base. And then I'd love to go to places like Goa and Jaipur, um, which are in totally different areas. Like Northern India. But but yeah, exactly. Um, And then Japan's always been on my list. I really want to go to Japan. Don't go to Tokyo. (laughs) Don't go to Tokyo. Okay. Uh, And then I actually really want to go to a couple different places in China too at some point as well. Yeah, I used to want to go to China too. I've sort of backed off the China thing. Yeah, um, well, the way of the world right now. There's yeah, places just, like Egypt. Actually, I was supposed to go to Egypt this year, and that's why well, my, my dollars went to Portugal. Egypt's tough right now because yeah. of uh, yeah, Israel, Israel, Palestine. Yeah, um, but exactly. Yeah, I think it's. I I've sort of done, I've sort of done the states. I think the only place I would still like to go in the States, maybe it's Nashville. It's but, so good. But yeah, I've done <laughs> What Florida. about New Orleans? I really want to do New Orleans. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, like the Florida, I have no interest. Um, I would go back. I do love New York City. I'm not going to lie. But um, but I've done, yeah, Cal- like San Francisco is great. Seattle, all of that on the West Coast. But I, And I've been to Minnesota, like whatever. Me too, um, just random. Just random. Just tripped, drove, camped overnight or something. And then my brother went to school in North Dakota, so I can honestly say I've been to North Dakota and <laughs> no one, there's there. no reason to ever go back to North Dakota. There's a waterfall there that's kind of cool. I think that's in South Dakota. Oh, maybe that's Whatever. In, yeah, anyway, anyway, but yeah, I'm sort of, the States is no longer on my top 10 of, I've said, I've, there's a couple places in the States I still really want to go. I also love Hawaii. I spent, yeah, I spent Hawaii's. a lot of time I in Hawaii. Funny, I don't consider Hawaii American, but that's weird. I don't either. I, it's a very it, special, sacred yeah. place to me for yeah, many Yeah, I've been reasons. like six times. I love Hawaii. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really want to go back there to do some hiking. Alyssa's <laughs> like, I'll come with you, but I'll just live on the beach I, uh, and read. I do like the like the um, rainforest. Like in Kauai, they have the Nepali the coast. The Nepali coast. It's beautiful. Beautiful. That's I where I want to. That. Well, see, that's where I want to hike. But the one I want to do is a two-day overnighter. I am not going to Hawaii to backpack. (laughs) What in all the world? Come on. That's ridiculous. It is one of the most beautiful beaches you'll ever see in your life. It's only accessible by boat and hike. Well, I have flown over the Nepali coast. I have like seen it by helicopter, but same. It's like whatever. And the water. I've seen the water. I've hiked to the waterfalls and stuff, but. There's a lot of waterfalls on this hike, Alyssa. But in any event, yeah, no, I like I part of me has to get to New Orleans at some point just for the yeah, music and the food of, and like I'm more yeah, I like the Nashville yeah. angle of that. And I, the reason I like Nashville, I think more than New Orleans is because yeah, New Orleans with the food like yeah, the food and sort of the French quarter. But I like the Nashville because not only do you have like Broadway and like where all the bars and the whatever are, but there's like places to go outside. So like there is a lot to Dollywood. do in Nashville. Hello? There's a lot of Nashville stuff that's I cool. I want to go to Dollywood. I really want to go. So I went to Nashville for a bachelorette and it was really fun, but I want to go back and I want to do Nash and Dollywood would be cool. And then I want to drive to Memphis. Yeah, I wanna, Memphis would be I cool. want to see obviously all the Elvis stuff. Elvis, go to Graceland. Even though I'm sorry, unpopular opinion, Elvis was a fucking misogynist. Oh, he was terrible. And a pedophile because... He met Priscilla oh, when she right. was 14. Yes. I guess it's not technically pedophile. What is it? A hemophile, whatever. That likes teenage girls. Yeah. I'm like, sorry. No, no he, was, he was terrible. And just gross. the way he treated her. Like, I'm sorry. All of it. To this day, she says that it was fine, but I disagree. No. Anyways. Um, and then I'd love to end in New Orleans and do like a, a road trip. Yeah. I've mapped it out. It's only like a day, two days of driving. But you stay overnight and stay I in guess. places. And yeah. Then you fly I mean, I could, do, yeah, I could do New Orleans. I mean... It yeah. used to be higher on my list than it is now. It's sort of fallen. Well, just you, generally, you the United States soon, is though, just not. New Orleans and Venice are going to be kaput within probably about yeah, Venice 20 would be years. Tough, eh? I really yeah. have no interest in going to Venice. But um, anyway, yeah. I do love Italy, but yeah, I, Venice is not on my list. So there's a lot of stuff about uh, Alyssa and I. That's, yeah, do you feel different about us now? Is. Yeah. Do you think we're better or worse? I don't know. You're, people are probably like, who are these you two? Guys you guys decide. Yeah. We'll let, our, <laughs> we'll let the public decide if we're good people. I'm going to ask one final question before okay. we jump off here. Actually, two. I have two questions that I want both of us to answer. 
My first question is, what is something you really want to accomplish this year? And it could be something that's like within your work, within like who you are as a human, whatever, like within the design of who Alyssa is, whatever, what, what's one thing you want to do or change or like improve on this year? And then the second question I have for you is what is a boundary that you have in your life that is like a hard stop boundaries if it gets crossed? It's like a deal breaker with uh, anybody. Um, what do I want to accomplish this year? I think work-wise, I want to... You can only pick one. Okay. Well, I guess this is, uh, I'm gonna, I, I, would, I want to be able to get my media literacy course done and out there. Um, that is a goal that I have for myself this year that, that, because that is something that I think is needed in where we are as a society right now. And just the people just getting misinformation and spreading misinformation and spreading nonsense that they find on Facebook. Um, so that's important to me. So I would say I, I'm giving myself that thing that I need to get that done. Um, and in terms of a boundary, I, will not ever like if you cross if you okay i don't know how to say this um i do not take um what's the word i'm looking for it's not lying but it's like inauthentic people yeah if you if you misrepresent yourself to me that is a that is a boundary that we will never come back from i love it that's a bit, that's a big one for Both me too. Personally and professionally, if you come to me or we may, and you rep- misrepresent who you are, that's a there. Yeah, we're done. Love that. And I have fired clients for that. Oh yeah. Yeah. And actually, I'm gonna call out a client right now because I love her, but she literally said to me when we started working together, she's like, "I am challenging to work with." Like she told, she sold me on exactly who she was mm-hmm. and that's who she's been since day one, <laughs> but like not in a bad way, but no, like it's she, been a great learning she knows who she is. but she knows who she is. And she is one of the most authentic human beings I've ever met. And I really love working with her for that reason, even though, yes, sometimes we don't see eye to eye. Um, okay. So one thing I want to work on this year is I want to continue my journey to becoming a more whole person. So what does that mean? Um, I want to find, dig really friggin' deep to figure out what my purpose is so that I can live and breathe that in my everyday life. So that touches work, touches personal relationships, touches just how I conduct myself. Um, and also like how I have boundaries and I want to very actively heal some of the major hurt I've experienced in my lifetime by sitting with it, trying things out. And I really want to, and I know it's not going to happen overnight, but like, I really want to heal some of the stuff that I know triggers and hurts me in many scenarios in my life. And a lot of it is, uh, much like everybody else upbringing stuff. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. And my relationship with my mom. So I want to actively heal that stuff because I've been ignoring it for a very long time. And um, it's it's like not hurt me, but it's prevented me from being a happy, uh, like a happier, more whole person for sure. And I'm really great at doling out advice to other people, but not oh, yeah. taking it myself. Aren't so. we all? And then a boundary with me is um, basically respecting communication. Anybody that comes into my life, respecting communication. Um, I don't enjoy people who bottle their feelings and let things fester. I don't really align with people who do that. Um, You don't have to come talk to me right away, but you got to come talk to me at some point if there's a problem. And if you disrespect me by, you know, talking with someone else about a problem we're having in a really rude way, or you badmouth me for like no reason, or you multiply or you like disrespect me by way of, you know what my boundaries are and you cross them like more than three times. I'll give you three chances and then that's it. If you're working on something and you're not like listening and like chance number three comes along and it's continually becoming an issue, like I will cut you out of my life. (laughs) Yeah. I have, I have, I'm the worst. I'm actually probably 
too good at that with cutting people out of my life. But yeah. And that sounds harsh, but like I will give all of my love to people. Oh. And then. I think that's probably, I mean, to end this, because honestly, we you've spent an hour with it's us. Are you, hour. are you awake? Are you doing okay? <laughs> this is the longest episode we've ever taped. Um, but as we end, I think for, I can say this for Dakota and I, is that we are great friends when you are in as our friends and our people. Yes. Yes. We will bend over backwards, but if you are not our people, it's well, like we're not mean, no, but, but you're just not, we, yeah, are, we just don't. Yeah. We don't give chances. Sorry. Oh my God. It sounds so harsh. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, this has been another episode of getting to know the ladies who launch and we will see you next time for our hundredth episode. Thank you for listening to Ladies Who Launch. Join Dakota and Alyssa every second Wednesday for more conversations and interesting guests. Be sure to give us a five-star rating and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. If you send us a question, we may answer it on a future episode. 